Hello and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging market executives. We partner with business leaders at more than 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging market business strategies. Today we're going to discuss the outlook for Nigeria, and um, I'm joined by our analyst for the Sub-Saharan Africa region, Zachary Vineyard. My name is Martina Bozajeva, and I'm Managing Director for the EMEA region here at Frontier Strategy Group. As a reminder, our research and forecast on Nigeria and the rest of Sub-Saharan Africa are available on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Now, Zach, could we start with a quick summary of where things stand today in Nigeria, and how would you summarize President Buhari's first year in office? Well, when Buhari was elected, there was sort of a there was a wave of optimism and hope for the future. Uh, it was the first democratic handover of power in Nigerian history. Um, ordinary Nigerians were very enthusiastic and excited about what he was going to do. He came into office with his plans to end corruption. Um, to sort of move forward in the move forward in the economic growth, and make sure that the country was on a good international footing. Um, and the first six months it, were very promising. He has a he had a very strong anti-corruption stance. He, he was making a lot of progress on those. Um, there's an expansionary budget. There are lots of promises of new projects, big investments. Um, it was all sort of undermined by the the low oil price, um, and unfortunately, which really cut into Nigeria's. Uh, Exports. Ninety percent of their exports are oil. Seventy um, percent are uh, around there. If their uh, government revenues are based on oil exports, um, so the low oil price really undermined uh, government revenues, and it was further undermined by security situation in the the delta with the Nitro Delta Avengers, um, and it, it it's really taken a toll on Buhari's uh, administration. He's not doing as well as everyone has hoped, and now there's sort of a there's a feeling of uh, disenchantment in Nigeria. There's a feeling that he's being that he's become a disappointment. Mm-hmm. The the most urgent concern that our clients have right now um, and have had for months now is the naira. So, uh, speaking more specifically about the currency, how would you describe the the, the pressure it's under and um, what the government's actions are likely to be going forward? Because there seems to be a lot of policy confusion. Um, which is only making this more complex. Yeah, I mean the Naira situation is very is is complicated and confusing from the outside. I think it's complicated and confusing from everyone's point of view at this point. Um, when Buhari came into office, the the Naira was pegged at 198 to the dollar. Um, it was a pretty hard peg, and they were really uh, serious about defending it. Uh, unfortunately, with the low oil price uh, falling production, it became very difficult to defend. They were running out of foreign exchange, um, and they announced in June that they were going to let it free float. Um, it's read, led to a rapid depreciation. It um, depreciated to 280 to the dollar uh, almost overnight. Um, and it, at that point, it seemed like it was pegged again. It seemed like that they, there was some surreptitious pegging of the, the currency that it was keeping it from moving. Uh, and that stayed on for about a month when, again, it jumped almost overnight to 320 um, and spent another two weeks sort of in a, a very strange sort of shadow peg. Um, since then, there's been a lot more volatility in the last month, um, and there has been a lot more movement. Uh, the The central bank is spending reserves very quickly. There's been reinstitution of some currency controls, 
Um, and there's a lot of uncertainty of, over what's going to happen with the Naira. Uh, there's, you know, the, the central bank seems to be very confused in what it's doing. Um, there's some contradictory statements as far as uh, their plans. And so uh, I think even in Nigeria, ordinary Nigerians are very confused what's going on. Multinational corporations just really have a lot of uncertainty going forward. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of situation where lack of confidence can exacerbate the existing problem with the currency. Uh, what is the likelihood that uh, we may see a disorderly devaluation or basically a freefall of the currency if the government stops being able to uh, keep on propping up the exchange rate with those dwindling uh, foreign exchange reserves? I mean, I think that the worst case scenario would be, you know, they, the government runs out of foreign exchange reserves, keeps the currency controls in place and starts mm-hmm. printing money to pay its debts. I, I don't think that's uh, overly likely. I mean, there's, it's definitely a small probability, probably 2 to 3% that they will enter this sort of catastrophic freefall scenario. Um, but they, I mean, they, I think they will continue to struggle. I mean, they, the current, there's so much political pressure on the central bank um, from Buhari uh, from the very top. And also, you know, ordinary Nigerians also really don't want to see their currency depreciating. So there's pressure from the top and the bottom for the, the monetary policy to be more politicized than, than rational. Um, but uh, the decision, I think that as they start running out of foreign exchange reserves, um, as they sort of see the, the destruction that's going to cause the economy, um, there will be uh, more of a tendency towards a free float rather than the sorts of really catastrophic uh, decisions that could lead to hyperinflation or uh, a free fall. Mm-hmm. So what should we expect uh, to see in the next several months from the central bank? How do we monitor? What kind of things would you suggest as signposts? I think that probably the biggest thing to monitor is their uh, the reserves of foreign exchange. Um, they publish uh, their reserves. They update it every month. Um, and it's, it's a big sign of what, they, what they're doing and what they have left and how much leeway they have to play with the Naira. Um, beyond that, they they haven't been pr- terribly transparent with uh, te- with publishing the sorts of currency control regulations, um, the sorts of limits on spending by bureau de change. Um, but watching r- news reports on you know oh are are uh, bureau de change able to s- uh, sell as much uh, naira and as much dollars as they want, um, seeing what sorts of regulations are being put in place there, what sorts of announcements that are coming out of the central bank. Uh, are going to be very important. Um, unfortunately, there's not a lot of uh, purely quantitative measures that you can take in monitoring this, but uh, just watching the central bank and watching announcements that come out of the, the chief of it and uh, any low-level announcements and news reports on currency traders in Nigeria are all going to be very, very important things to monitor to see where the Naira is going. Mm-hmm. Thank you. So shifting the focus a little bit, one of the things you mentioned at the beginning was around the very big budget that the Buhari government announced. How far along are they in actually implementing anything that was in that budget? And generally, what can we expect from government spending for next year? Uh, I think government spending is going to be very restrained over the next year. Uh, unfortunately, the government revenues have been catastrophically low, um, down by 45 to 55% over what they were expecting uh, in Q1 and Q2. Uh, and they really 
they don't even have a capacity to pay off the um, government workers, their hospital workers on strike for non-payment. Um, there's talk of not paying teachers and other you know, very important uh, public officials who are paid by the government. Uh, I think they're, going forward, they're not, definitely not going to be able to pay for the large uh, infrastructure projects that they had been planning. That was a big component of the budget. Um, was an ex sort of an expansion and renovation of the the power supply, and which is very important. Nigeria is having struggling with their power supply, but I, given the revenue shortfalls um, and the lack of success they've had in uh, finding buyers for their debt to cover this uh, to cover the shortfall, that there's going to be much lower government spending over the next few years, um, and much less uh, ability to pay for even basic things like hospital workers and teachers. Okay, so that doesn't sound very good. Um, it, and it also raises a broader question, which is probably on the minds of our clients, um, is that it seems that the government has been slow in implementing what it promised to implement and generally very unclear in its broader objectives. Um, there is a question there about whether this is uh, confusion and lack of strategy or whether this is driven by infighting or is this a question of they have a plan, but they're just being very poor at communicating it? Um, where do you see the, the kind of the government effectiveness coming from or lack of effectiveness? I, I mean, I think there's components of all of that. Um, there, Buhari came to power. He's definitely not an economist. He's not somebody who has a lot of economic experience. He's a military man. Um, and uh, so their economic plans have been sort of stymied by that because he is a very powerful and charismatic figure. Um, he brought in a lot of new and relatively unexperienced uh, you know, government officials to replace the, the, the Jonathan uh, administration. Um, so his presence and his power sort of has sort of displaced the the ability of anyone else to plan uh, plan for plan for the the uh, the administration of these plans. Um, beyond that, I think that there is a lot of infighting going on. There's a lot of competing factions uh, in the government that have competing priorities, um, and there's. Uh, there, there wasn't a lot of preparedness for the the sorts of revenue shortfalls, the sorts of um, security crises that you're having in the Delta now. Uh, so, the, I mean, there's components of all of these things. There's um, a too powerful president who uh, doesn't really have a lot of the economic experience or acumen to deal with the situation. Um, inexperienced, uh, inexperienced administration officials, and a lack of foresight for the for the downside scenarios. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So one of the things that Buhari seems to have been a little bit more effective at is his main campaign promise, which was around fighting corruption. Uh, how would you rate his um, success in that priority? I, I think he, that campaign has been very successful, especially at the high level. Um, they've really, he's indicted several very important Nigerian government officials, including the former governor of Sokoto, the former minister of finance, uh, many high-ranking members of the military, um, members of parliament. And going after these high-level officials has had a very positive effect in the in corruption in the country. It's definitely becoming less acceptable uh, to be a corrupt official. and. 
know, for, especially for these governors and these high-level officials, knowing that they will be prosecuted for that sort of thing is is, is great. It's uh, something that Nigeria really needed to, to move forward. Um, there's That said, there is still a lot of low-level corruption in the country, um, and it's it, given how long they've been struggling with, the, with this source of corruption, uh, it, it's going to be a long time before it changes. Uh, it's a, going to be a cultural shift, and you're going to be looking at a long period of time before you see real real change as a result of this campaign. Um, and unfortunately, the campaign has also provoked some discontent among Nigerians in the last uh, over the last six months. They sort of see this anti-corruption campaign is targeting very high-level officials, um, but ordinary Nigerians are seeing this as sort of like he's going after the corruption but missing the larger economic point. Um, so the, while this has been, while the campaign has been very good for eliminating corruption, given his failure uh, on the economic side, it's not necessarily imp- improving his uh, reputation in Nigeria. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what about the security situation in the country? Could you give us a quick update on where this stands? Yeah. Um, well, again, there's sort of been a mixed story as a result of Buhari. Uh, he's had great success fighting against Boko Haram, uh, which uh, for the last 10 years has been a major, major problem in northern Nigeria. Um, he's really made a lot of progress in pushing them out of the area in Maiduguri, um, just brought the full force of the military to bear on on them and really pushed them off uh, some of the main roads in Maiduguri, really opened up some of the more important uh, transportation corridors in the, in the, in the area. Um, Maiduguri is still struggling with this, um, and the rest of the north is still struggling with insecurity um, and the threat of Boko Haram, but it's, it's been significantly reduced. Um, and I think that there's a lot of appreciation for Buhari for this. Um, on, on the other side, though, uh, we since, since January or February, we've been having this uh, rising situation with the Niger Delta Avengers and other groups in the Delta, uh, which it, it's a different sort of security situation. The Niger Delta Avengers um, and these other groups are not necessarily targeting civilians and population centers the same way that uh, the same way that Boko Haram was, but they are targeting infrastructure, uh, and they've been very successful at that they've really destroyed the a lot of the capacity to produce oil in the Delta, um, and really under and destroyed some power infrastructure and really undermined uh, it, was, it was one of the big components that the, that kept uh, the Nigerian government from meeting the revenue targets. Um, there has been both a military and a diplomatic response to this. There was the Operation Crocodile Tears is an ongoing military, military uh, program to, to fight against these uh, these militants in the Delta. It hasn't had a lot of success. Um, it, the The militants are still relatively popular uh, in the Delta, especially given that they are not targeting civilians, they're almost exclusively targeting infrastructure. Um, this last week, the, the Nigerian government announced that it would be negotiating with the Niger Delta Avengers, which is a positive step. Um, it's not clear exactly in how much good faith uh, either party is conducting these negotiations. Um, and especially given the factionalization that's happened in the Delta, there's Every week you, you hear of a, another group that's blowing up pipelines and blowing up power stations. Um, it, there's not necess- no, Negotiating with this one primary group isn't necessarily going to have uh, the effect on the security situation that you would hope. Um, so going forward, that, I mean, that's going to be something that you're 
multinational corporations in the in the country are really going to have to watch. Um, there's the the Avengers have destroyed oil infrastructure. They've really undermined what was already a very weak power infrastructure, um, and these are going to have effects operating anywhere in the country. Um, but if these negotiations play out and there's sort of a there's a calming, that could be very good. So, with all of this said, which is pretty negative, where do you still see opportunities in the market? What sectors would you highlight where, regardless of all these challenges, um, the demand and the long-term opportunity is still very strong? Um, well, there's there's a few places. Uh, as if the negotiations with the Niger Delta Avengers and the groups in the Delta go well, there's going to be a lot of demand for industrial companies to come in and sort of repair. Um, and rebuild the infrastructure in that region. I think that's going to be a very important uh, important opportunity to look at. Um, and beyond that, the success against Boko Haram has really opened up uh, the the north and especially the northwest um, and the the Kano region of the country, which has been suffering with insecurity. But now that the insecurity is fading a little bit, it's a huge population center. Um, growing very, very quickly. There's a lot of people who really want to consume up there. So consumer goods companies operating in Nigeria have historically neglected the north. Uh, there's weaker transportation links. It's typically been poor. But as that area grows and as it becomes more safe, there's going to be a lot of opportunities to move into into the north and especially around Kano. Great. Thank you very much, Zach. Now, finally, in this broader context that you have outlined, um, what would you recommend uh, that MNCs include in their 2017 plans for Nigeria? I, I think that if you're working, if you're operating in Nigeria now, you need to plan for lower growth, um, disruption of uh, infrastructure and facilities. Uh, just be plan plan for a downside. There there may there are several possible upsides going forward, but I think you need to be planning for uh, like a, a recession and um, some struggles in just basic uh, basic operations, uh, getting power, getting mm -hmm. dealing with the government, getting money out of the country due to the currency crisis. Um, there's a that said, there. I mean, it's it's still a huge, huge market. It's impossible to ignore in Sub-Saharan Africa. Uh, it's 180 million people, a massive economy. Uh, it's still going to be a very important component of anyone's operations in the region. But you, if you are operating in Nigeria, you need to plan for plan for a, dis a difficult few years. Okay. So plan for a few very difficult years for Nigeria um, and then definitely look out in the short term as well. Thank you very much, Zach, for this very interesting conversation. As a reminder to our clients, our research and forecasts on Nigeria are available on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. For tailored support on Nigeria, please reach out to your client relationship director. With this, we conclude our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.